Love Talk Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are on Ironbound Radio, Ironbound 1640 AM, and we're going to try and pull my co-host Dave up on the line. Dave, are you there? I am here. We did it! Yes! Wow, it feels, it feels good. we got to actually we gotta give a shout-out, because right now we've actually... Um, we, we have an intern, and he's been working diligently here, uh, getting these things up and running, and uh, our intern, Sean Bretherick, is here in studio and he's got us up and running. So got to got to give Sean a shout out. Uh, just gave us the thumbs up. Uh, still have some issues actually with the mics and everything. So he gave the thumbs up. So, uh, but thanks a lot, uh, Sean, for getting us going. We're gonna have to come up with a nickname for Sean, uh, being a wrestling show. One. What do you think we should go with? Uh, I was, I mean, Sean or Sean Michaels. I was thinking maybe the Heartbreak Intern. Heartbreak Intern works. The Heartbreak Intern. He sort of smiled. <laughs> Did he give me a thumbs up? He he put like his finger up as if like, okay. But we, you know what? We'll leave it up to our fans. Like call in Sean Bretherick. So if you come up uh, right now, we'll we'll go with the heartbreak intern Sean. But uh, you think of something else? Uh, give us a call. It's not the easiest name to give a nickname for, but uh, I do I do I do have one for myself. No, they'll do tell. I mean, I I did used to call myself Sean the Show. That works. I mean, it rolls pretty well. Sean the show rolls. All right, we can go with Sean the show. I mean, that's my personal one. But let's let yeah, we can go Sean the show. I, why don't we do it like we have it? We have them out on the table right now. We have Sean the show. We have the heartbreak intern, and we have you know you guys. Sean the show tonight. intern. Sean the show intern. The big show, the big Sean. Oh. <laughs> There's so many. But we got some calls already in the bank, so we will keep this going. Like if you have an idea for Sean's nickname, uh. Be sure to, uh, you know, give us your ideas. But he's here from Connecticut School of Broadcasting, CSB, and we're thankful he is on board with the Ken Reedy Show. So uh, here we are, co-host Dave, intern Sean here. Remember, check us out on Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. We are there. We're also on Twitter, at the Ken Reedy Show. Our website is thekenreedyshow.com. So we always have stuff going on over there uh, at the website. And... Um, Obviously, Ironbound, IR1640AMRadio.com, we're, we're out there. And uh, I am getting messages right now that people are listening to Ironbound and they just hear music. So uh, 
see if we can get that squared away, but um, uh, I someone just texted me and said they can hear us on Blog Talk, but there's just music on the Ironbound. So uh, message me over there on the Facebook and let me know what you're hearing on the Ironbound site so we can make sure everything is up and running. But uh, we want with this show, I mean, we talk about this show being the best in pro wrestling talk, and we wanted to create something like so we could be a resource for you guys. we got WrestleMania weekend coming up. And there's so many things going on. And Dave, uh, who has been, you know, such a resource for the show, he's our news guy. He always brings all the information. So Dave has been diligently, and we're good. We got we got the thumbs up on Ironbound that we're we're being heard. So thank you guys for sending in the messages. We are good on Ironbound. I was going to say I think it's probably just a little delay on the internet feed. There's always about maybe like a minute or a minute and a half delay. So. I was going to say, I'm like, oh, what do I do with We have a very passionate, oh very unique, as you'll find now as the weeks go on. As Dave will attest, we have quite uh, a passionate, uh, borderline cult-like group of followers that uh, support the show. So they're, they're trying to help and let us know that... Uh, you know, we they didn't hear us, so yeah. So so you guys know now when we're on Ironbound, there might be a bit of a delay. So uh, we might be starting, and you might hear music. But it looks like right now that we are good to go. So we're feeling good about things. But I digress. Dave has been diligently putting together a list of things because there's so many things going on this WrestleMania weekend. So I'm going to hand it over to Dave for a little bit and. We're going to get this list up on the website, thekenryshow.com, ASAP, and we have some of the things on the Facebook as well. There's so many things going on. Dave is going to give you a list of some of those things that you can go and check out if you're a wrestling fan, because obviously WWE has got all their events, but when WrestleMania comes to town, they take over the city. They take over all the surrounding cities, so lots of stuff going on. So, Dave, why don't you tell them uh, what you got for everybody uh, this coming weekend? All right, well, uh, first, on uh, April 4th, which is this Thursday, here's the, here's the list of events for Thursday. At 6 p.m. at the Hotel Pennsylvania in New York City, there will be a Breath the Hitman Heart and Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels Q&A autograph signing. For ticket info, visit www.seanandbrett.com. Also at 6 p.m., WWE WrestleMania Fan Access opens at the IZOD Center in East Rutherford, New Jersey. As well at 6 p.m., Pro Wrestling Syndicate Supercard 2013 Internet Pay-Per-View from the Sportsplex in Metusha, New Jersey. Scheduled to appear some of the names, Superstar Billy Graham, The Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, Big Van Vader, just added Jushin Thunder Liger, Japanese legend. For more information, visit www.prowrestlingsyndicate.com for more info. And later on that evening at 10 p.m. on Thursday, there will be an Iron Sheik comedy roast at Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City. On Friday, April 5th, Jim Ross from the WWE will be signing autographs at 1 p.m. from the MetLife Stadium Merchandise Store. At 4 p.m., Evolve Internet Pay-Per-View will be a part of WrestleCon in Sea Caucus, New Jersey. Visit www.wrestlecon.com for more info. At 6 p.m., WWE Fan Access continues, and for any of you out there who are planning on traveling to that session of Fan Access, I've been told that that session is sold out. At 7.30, TNA Wrestling will be in Westbury, Long Island at the NYCB Theater. Scheduled to appear, Sting, Jeff Hardy, they'll be taking on Bully Ray and Devon of the Aces and Eights, and a special appearance by 
Hulk Hogan, visit www.tnawrestling.com for information on tickets. At 8 p.m., Ring of Honor will present their Supercard of Honor 2013 iPay-Per-View from the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. Log on to rohwrestling.com for more info. Also at 8 p.m., Combat Zone Wrestling, as a part of WrestleCon, will take place in Sea Caucus, New Jersey. For more information, visit czwczwrestling.com. At 10 p.m., Hulk Hogan and Friends Uncensored Q&A Session at the Beacon Theater in New York City. Also at 10 p.m., the Pro Wrestling Report will debut their Hall of Fame ceremony at Hotel Pennsylvania in New York City, honoring Demolition and King Kong Bundy. For more info, visit www.prshow.com. And at 11.55, closing out Friday evening, the Kaiju Big Battle iPay-Per-View will take place at WrestleCon in Secaucus, New Jersey. For more information, check out WrestleCon.com. On Saturday, April 6th at 8 a.m., WWE WrestleMania Fan Access will continue at the IZOD Center from East Rutherford, New Jersey. At 9 a.m., WrestleCon opens in Secaucus, New Jersey. Scheduled events for WrestleCon include a 10 a.m. Legends of the Ring super ticket with such superstars as Lex Luger, Jimmy Snuka, and Mr. Wonderful. Also at 10 a.m., HighSpots.com will present Bret Hart's autograph and photo op signing at WrestleCon. At 12 p.m., KNS WrestleFest present a super ticket of talent. One Man Gang, Sandman, Marty Jannetty, and more set to appear. At 12 p.m., Shimmer will present their iPay-Per-View as a part of WrestleCon. Visit ShimmerWrestling.com for more info. At 1 p.m., the Legends of the Ring present the gimmick super ticket at WrestleCon. Boogeyman, Hurricane Shane Helms, Eugene, Goldust, and many more. At 1 p.m., WWE Access from the IZOD Center in East Rutherford, New Jersey, will continue. This session is also sold out. At 4 p.m., Chikara will be a part of WrestleCon. Check out www.chikarapro.com for more info. At 2 p.m., Ring of Honor will broadcast a Sinclair television taping at the Manhattan Center Ballroom. Visit rohwrestling.com for info on tickets. At 6 p.m., WWE Fan Access continues with their third and final session of Saturday evening. Also at 6 p.m., Pro Wrestling Syndicate presents their Supercard 2013 Night 2 in Matusha, New Jersey from the Sportsplex. Scheduled to appear, Big Van Vader, Bret the Hitman Hart, Hurricane Helms, Demolition, and New Jack's Retirement Match. For more information, visit ProWrestlingSyndicate.com for ticket information. At 7.30, Indie Girls live event from Booton, New Jersey at the Booton Elks Lodge. Visit IndieGirls, I-N-D-Y-G-U-R-L-Z.com. At 8 p.m., Dragon Gate USA presents Open the Gate 2013 iPay-Per-View as a part of WrestleCon. Visit dgusa.tv for more info. At 8 p.m., the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony from Madison Square Garden in New York City. This event is sold out. At 11 p.m., shenanigans in the Concrete Jungle Party, hosted by Kevin Nash and countless other wrestling personalities, set to appear at Hotel Pennsylvania in New York City. Visit www.pwrshow.com for more info. And the final event to close out Saturday evening's WrestleMania weekend festivities at 11.55 p.m., $5 Wrestling with host Colt Cabana live as a part of WrestleCon. Visit WrestleCon.com for ticket information. And on Sunday, Sunday, April 7th, 
Hold on, let me get my notes here because I'm kind of slacking live on the air. I feel like a dummy right now. <laughs> um, yes, my notes. 8 a.m., WrestleMania Fan Access will continue at the Eyes Out Center from East Rutherford, New Jersey. At 9 a.m., there will be closing festivities at WrestleCon in Secaucus, New Jersey. 10 a.m., Legends of the Ring presents a super ticket of legends, such as Lex Luger, Jimmy Snuka, Mr. Wonderful. Okay, I read the wrong notes. Oh, my God, I really feel stupid right now. <laughs> Excuse me. WrestleCon, I'm sorry. 8 a.m., WWE Fan Access continues at the Eyes Out Center, East Rutherford, New Jersey. WrestleCon will close out the Sea Caucus Convention Center with a series of events listed below. 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., The Ultimate Warrior will be signing, presented by Legends of the Ring. 10 to noon, HighSpots.com presents a Bret Hart autograph signing. At 12.30 p.m., WWE Fan Access final session takes place. That is sold out. At 1 p.m., Dragon Gate USA Mercury Rising 2013 iPay-Per-View will close out the festivities at WrestleCon. Visit DGUSA.TV. And on Sunday night, the big one. That's why everyone's there this weekend. WrestleMania 29 from MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. That event, I hear, is sold out. And if you wrestling fans are still around after WrestleMania, Monday Night Raw will be at the IZOD Center in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and there are limited tickets available. Wow, I'm out of breath, and I feel embarrassed that I lost some of my notes, but I think I got it all. If you want more information, tune into Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show, where the full listing of every single event that I just mentioned here on the air will be posted. It has been posted on, on, on the Facebook page. Ken, please, take it, take it away. <laughs> and we're also going to try and get all those uh, notes on the, uh, the website, thekenreedyshow.com. There will be a link with a separate page with all those events on there. So use us as a resource. You're trying to figure out what to do uh, this weekend. I'm being told the list is being uh, posted as we speak, so you'll be able to go over to thekenreedyshow.com, and there'll be a link with all those events going on. And, you know, one event, Dave, that you you did not mention, but probably the biggest event of the weekend is uh, the Ken Reedy Show slash Three Kings tailgate extravaganza. Well, the reason uh, why I did not mention that is because I was going to let you, the host, mention it. (laughs) Well, that's what we call a segue. Um, We'll be doing a tailgate in the parking lot. And, uh, you know, come on by. We don't know exactly where we're going to be in the parking lot, but we're bringing, uh, you know, coolers and uh, hot dogs and hamburgers. And just ask, you know, you come by, bring something. Bring, you know, some food, some chips, maybe a six-pack of of something. Uh, Just come on by. But we're going to set up. we got a couple of grills we're going to have set up. And, uh so check out the Facebook. Uh, we have an event page also on Facebook. So check out the Ken Reedy Show and Three Kings uh, Tailgate, WrestleMania Tailgate Extravaganza. We're going to be posting as many places as we can on Facebook. So get your smartphones out that day. We're going to get to the stadium probably about noonish and uh, set up camp. So as soon as we know exactly where we are, uh, we're going to post it all over the place on Facebook and come, you know, come hang out, talk wrestling. Uh, you know, it'll be a fun time, but we're going to basically be partying from about noon until uh, 6 o'clock. We all got to really race into the stadium to make sure we catch Miz and uh, Wade Barrett. So, you know, we want to make sure we all get done on time to uh, get in for that. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, yeah, so that's what we're doing uh, for WrestleMania. And uh, let's get into it since we have WrestleMania coming up. You know, last night was the big Raw, the big Raw before uh, – WrestleMania, and that's always a big deal, the go-home show, if you will, and uh, 
You know what? Like, first off, Dave, and we're going to talk about some of the specifics that happened in Raw, but uh, let me get your take, Dave. Overall feel, uh, especially for a Raw that, that's the Raw right before WrestleMania, uh, what were your thoughts coming out of uh, the program last night? I thought there were a lot of positives. Um, it had somewhat of a big WrestleMania season-type feel of the show, um, you know, with with with, uh, with you know with some of the major angles heading into WrestleMania, and they put a lot of focus on the card. Um, sometimes, usually heading into a pay-per-view, even a WrestleMania at times, they would uh, they they would forget to mention certain matches on the card. But pretty much every match that's been advertised, they had brought some light to it and storylines, and you know, touched up on it. And there were some there were some storylines in certain matches where it was still not really feeling like there was any real build up towards it but they've kind of they kind of picked up the slack last night um especially with um the, the Triple H Brock Lesnar with the addition of Shawn Michaels being in Triple H's corner i kind of like how they added that at the last minute to get viewers excited about the match more as well as not putting so much of the focus on Shawn Michaels because a lot of people would know leading up you know in the in the weeks you know coming towards WrestleMania that he would be involved somehow um, so you know he's going to be there. You have a feeling he's going to be involved, but I like how they didn't really put the focus on him um, like they have in years past, especially last year being the referee in the end of an era match with uh, Undertaker. Um, and, of course, the, the show-closing uh, segment with uh, CM Punk and The Undertaker really um, set the tempo for um, for their match at WrestleMania. Anybody who you know had any doubts as to, you know, how good the build-up has been, they kind of made up for it after last night, at least in my opinion, and we can touch upon that um, later on. But overall, I thought it was a pretty solid show. Um, and, you know, granted, I am going to – we are going to be, you know, in the area for WrestleMania. I mean, I'm always excited. But after watching Raw last night, I was I was pretty pumped, you know. I felt like, all right, it's, it's getting closer, you know. It's time. WrestleMania's here, you know. So, uh, overall, I thought it was a solid show. Yeah, it was funny because I thought I thought it was solid. I didn't think it was great, and uh, you know, and, and part of the problem maybe is that that the past few weeks of Raw have, have been uh, you know a bit on the weak side, especially for WrestleMania season. So I I still I, I, I'm having trouble having that that big show feel, especially for it being WrestleMania. And I get it. I'm right there with you. It, it's kind of trying to the toughest thing is trying to separate yourself and, and try to look at it objectively and look and now now we do this we're part of the media so you know try and look at everything objectively as part of the media and try and separate that part of yourself from the whole idea of you know I'm going and and that's part of the the, the problem yeah I'm pumped and honestly when when raw ended last night you know I had that whole like yeah it's here the last raw just just ended I'm going to WrestleMania this weekend and you know, and there's going to be probably at least a dozen times that I'll mark out for in some way, shape, or form over the course of the weekend. It's a great time, and the weekend is always a great time, and I'm excited to participate in the weekend as a wrestling fan. However, like, it's still, like, I don't know if it has that big show feel, but I thought, I agree with you, I think it was a solid show, um, and I thought it was a solid go-home show as opposed to being a a great WrestleMania go home. And that, that's part of the problem also. Like there's a, there's a, an expectation when it comes to WrestleMania and maybe, maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe I'm being a little overly critical, um, you know, over the show, but I, I, again, 
Solid, not great. Still looking forward to the card. As we talked about last show, it's weird because I don't think the build has been great this WrestleMania. I don't think the Raws have been strong. However, a lot of the matches on the card are setting up to at least be entertaining matches. The event in and of itself should be should be a decent event. I think all the matches set up pretty well to be decent matches. The storyline is questionable on a few of them as far as the, the setup goes. So, solid show, in my opinion, not a great show. Um, but one of the big things to come out of it, which definitely gave you, at least if not a big show feel, a big fight feel, uh, coming out of Raw, we have a, a heinous, heinous act by one CM Punk disrespecting the memory of Paul Bearer and pouring the ashes, ashes of the deceased man over the Undertaker after laying the beat down on him. Um, interesting. I think it's great heel work. Uh, I guess we got to look at this uh, in two ways. I'm okay with it. As long as everyone who would be personally involved are okay with it, you know, we're hearing reports out there that Paul Bearer's family was not entirely happy with it. I don't know what they signed on for. I mean, to me, if you signed on to let his death be part of the storyline, you signed on for his death to be part of the storyline. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the agreement was, and I'm not going to speculate on what the family should or shouldn't have done. But if the family is not happy, then then I do question it. But as a fan and as someone who – and, and Dave and I, we were both lucky enough to, to meet Paul Bearer uh, at one point and talk with him a little bit about the business. Um, I do think from my limited experience with, with uh, Paul Bearer that he would have enjoyed being part of the storyline. So as a fan, I don't think it's tasteless. Um, I thought it was, it was pretty interesting, and it, it uh, definitely gave it a, a more personal feel. But um, I... I you know, whatever. If the family feels bad, I, I feel sorry for the family if they have a problem with it. Um, but it was definitely a, an interesting segment. And as much as they've, they've used the memory, I mean, Dave, something I, I, I didn't see that coming. No, absolutely not. I didn't. I mean, I was watching it last night, and, you know, they said that, you know, they hyped up that The Undertaker was going to, I can't even pronounce the word, evis- can, can you pronounce it? Eviscerate. Eviscerate. Which I, you know, can I just can I just you for a sec? I, that I found weird also that they had a couple weeks ago they had Rock Cena point counterpoint, and then last night it was the Undertaker is going to uh, verbally eviscerate. I said, aren't these just promos? Like what what happened where we have to use like different terms? They're just they're, they're well, coming well, out that, there with a mic and talking. Well, that goes along the lines with naming, you know, certain matches, you know, like different names, like, you know, no disqualification, no holds barred, a street fight, a last man's thing. They're all the same. There's no rules. You do whatever we, do whatever you want. You know what I mean? So that's just another name for people to be like, oh, what is he going to do? He's going to eviscerate him? Like, how? Like, it's just, a, it's just a tagline to get people to, you know, to, to draw in, you know, to, to the segment. Well, it's weird because one of the definitions of eviscerate is to disembowel. So I was kind of curious exactly how Raw was going to end because if, if Punk was going to be disemboweled, he was not going to make it to Mania. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know what to say there. I mean, yeah, no, now, now segue from that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, but you know, going into it last night, you know, I mean, last week was good where Undertaker kind of got some physical involvement uh, towards Punk. You know, and it was bound to happen, too, because you get these angles where guys will do something so dastardly, so heinous, but they don't touch each other till the pay-per-view. And, yeah, that's old-school booking, but, I mean, if my best friend had passed away and somebody disrespected me to great lengths like CM Punk did to The Undertaker, I'm going to want to kill the guy. So, I mean, it made sense that Undertaker did that last week. And then this week, you know, whatever he meant by eviscerating, um, it didn't exactly go as planned for him. But, you know, going into the segment, I think... I had a feeling that there was going to be some physical involvement because you can't really turn back after you put your hands on each other. Um, so when the Druids came out and the look on Undertaker's face before the announcers could even say anything, which I won't get into that. We could talk about that another time because I thought that portion, the announcing portion of the segment was kind of, kind of off in my opinion. I knew, I mean, the look on his face, I was like, all right, this wasn't planned, so let's see where this goes. And then you see, you hear Paul Bear's famous, you know, the oh yes and. There's a figure on the stage, and I I thought to myself, okay, well it's either Punk or Heyman dressed up as Paul Bearer. I'm like that's not bad, you know. They they've already used his name and his likeness and and his, with his death in the storyline, you know, you, you can't really turn back in my opinion. And then when Punk came out with as a druid and attacked, I'm like, okay, you know, simple wrestling 101, the old bait and switch. And then uh, when he kept trying to open up the urn, I felt this like. I wouldn't say nervous tension in me, but I was like, all right, he's going to do something that's really going to be a little bit over the top, and it's going to get people talking. And when he dumped the when he dumped the ashes all over Undertaker, I was like, all right, you know, now he's you know now now he's preparing for war, you know, like now it's on. But then the real point for me was when he started rubbing them all over himself. <laughs> I was like, wow, this guy has lost it. I'm like, he really is trying to sell this angle. I'm like, good for him. Because in years past, and I could just mainly say for the past four years, but for the most part with Undertaker and WrestleMania, the storylines heading into WrestleMania concerning The Undertaker have always been about the streak. With Shawn Michaels for the first two years, with Hunter, Triple H for the third year, and even to a certain extent last year with the end of an era, although the match was really about the, the end of an era that you'll never see these two wrestle each other ever again. And this year... It's been a lot different. It has touched on moments of the streak. However, that's not Punk's main focus is ending the streak. Punk's focus is to get under the skin of Undertaker so that the streak could eventually end. He can get himself disqualified and counted out or whatever the case is. So I liked how this has become a more personal issue. And in my opinion, and a lot, probably a lot of people's opinion in the in the wrestling world, Undertaker's not losing that match. CM Punk will not end the streak. And now I'm more interested in as to how Undertaker's going to eviscerate or whatever he wants to call it, take out Punk, because the rumors are that CM Punk will be leaving um, the WWE for extend for for a period of time to take a break. And, uh, you know, his match with Undertaker kind of makes sense. Maybe Undertaker just finishes him off and Punk just kind of disappears for a little while. Um, but, I mean, I liked it. I, when I saw the report this morning about, you know, uh, Paul Bearer's son, uh, Michael Moody, um, I thought to myself, well, you know, if if this wasn't presented that way to them and they didn't really give the okay on it, then I I don't feel comfortable, you know, being a fan watching this, but you know they said that it was presented, but 
in a little bit of a different light, and then obviously what portrayed on television didn't take place to what they thought was going to happen. So, um, but I mean, I liked it. I, I personally liked it. I just, I just hope that you know there's some truth that comes out of this, or if it, if it really matters at this point. I mean, you, I mean, with all due respect to his children, if they've signed off on it and said, yeah, go ahead, use his name in the storyline, you, you, you're given, you're given the company and creative, you know, the, the, the full use to do basically whatever they want, in a sense. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it really, it really depends, honestly, like what, what they said was okay and, and what, you know, what that conversation was, which none of us will will ever really know. But, you know, when you look at this whole thing and how they've evolved and what CM Punk has done and, and involving uh, Paul Bearer and, and Heyman, which is, is brilliant at it, as well as The Undertaker, <coughs> tremendous use of uh, psychology and wrestling psychology to build this storyline, to make it personal. And we're excited. We have a guest that's calling in tonight, a Dr. David Rice, who is an expert on wrestling psychology. we got to take a quick break right now. We're going to take a commercial break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to have Dr. David Rice and then your phone calls. We'll be right back. How long is the commercial break? It's as long as uh, we need it to be. Well, how long do you need? How long do you usually break for? We never broken before. There's like two or three. There's 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 Iberia Tavern, no way to the Ferry Street. E também, necessito de ter the Ferry Street, so we very pleased to lay you, Luís. São propriedades de Fernando e João Loureiro. O Iberia é o mais antigo restaurante português ao serviço da nossa propriedade. Posso ir lá? Eu também vou. O penteado é moldura do rosto. New Lisbon Hair Studio, Dario Tocchini. Thank you all for tuning in. Again, this is the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. If you want to call in and, and tell us what you think about this upcoming WrestleMania, 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We have a special guest on the line. We're going to get him on right now, Dr. David Rice, who is a an expert in wrestling psychology. Doctor, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hello. Glad to be here. Thanks a lot for, for calling in. So just a Curious, you know, it was interesting when uh, this was presented to me. Uh, you know, we have someone who is an expert in, in wrestling psychology. Uh, Chris, what, what exactly is, is wrestling psychology? What, what is, give us a little bit of your background in this field. Well, hi, I'm a psychiatrist and uh, watched wrestling for more years than I want to tell you, going back to Antonio, watching Antonio Rocco with my dad. Uh, but 
You know, I've never been in the ring. I don't claim to know what I would do in the ring. But what I look at is the psychology of getting over with the fans and the fans' reactions, uh, which basically is what it's all about. What what I mean, you said you were watching wrestling with with your dad. What what drew you to wrestling? I mean, that's that's you've been watching again. We, we won't speculate on how many years, but it's, it seems like a, a while. Uh, I mean, what drew drew you in this much to professional wrestling? Well, you know, that's something that I asked myself for quite a while. <laughs> and wh- what is it about it? And you know, what I came up with on a sort of a deeper level than just well, it's a way of letting out some steam. Because it's very different from other sports. It's different even from boxing or MMA. Because, you know, we know that it's not competition like other sports. But we can follow the same characters day after day, week after week, month after month. And that's real different from other sports because we get to know them as people. We get to see their characters change. And as opposed to following a team or an individual, you know, one time you're a heel, next time you're a face, and it's a whole different dimension to the drama of it. It's more like a Greek tragedy than a sports. What were some of the guys that, that you grew up with that uh, you enjoyed watching that kind of, at least in your opinion, nailed the whole idea of psychology in the ring? See, you know, uh, when I was young, you know, I don't think I really understood. You know, I just sort of watched it. Um, when I was in college in Chicago, you know, those were the days of guys like the Bruiser, the Crusher, uh, Bobby Heenan, uh, Moose Choloff, uh, you know, and you had, you know, everybody was around in that era, and uh, it was a different time, and, uh, you know, those guys, of course, you know, I once ran into them in a restaurant, and they would not break character, you know, as soon as they were recognized, they were right in character, it was a different time, and it uh, was a different feel to it. As someone who's who's involved in, in uh, psych, actually a psychiatrist, uh, I, I'm curious. Like, in your your clinical opinion, what is that? What would that be like for for a person to live essentially a character 24 seven? I mean, the, the, could that potentially damage someone's psyche? Uh, just from, from your opinion, clinically, uh, I'm curious your your thoughts on that. Sure, uh, it very much depends on the character of the person. There are some people who could not tolerate it and probably would get lost in it, just like, you know, in stage and screen. Uh, but on the other hand, here you're doing it the same character all the time. Uh, so some people really could get lost. People who are more grounded will still be able to turn it off and split off. Uh, what I find interesting is how much it really deals with childhood trauma, if you look at it. It's the child dealing with the adult who you're not sure are they on your side or are they not on your side you know I'm hurting you for your own good and if you really look at most wrestling matches that's what's going on is we're hurting each other but we're protecting each other at the same time very different from boxing or MMA and I think it connects to people on a level that they don't even realize uh, dealing with being hurt quote unquote for your own good well, and that when we're talking about people being hurt uh, for their own good, and obviously there is, uh, as much as it's scripted, there's there's a tremendous amount of physicality involved in in wrestling. Uh, as far as do you, do you treat wrestlers outside of the ring? Uh, 
Yeah, I've been involved to some extent in the whole uh, head injury issue, uh, and not just with wrestling, you know, with other sports and football. Uh, my connection with wrestling is more uh, dealing to some extent with education on wellness issues, uh, not providing treatment to any specific wrestlers, uh, but I've given a lot of seminars, uh, seminars on just the meaning of what you're doing, and it's been gratifying to me to have people come up to me and say, you know, now I understand why I'm doing what I do. And uh, to me, that's what's in it for me. Doctor, I was li- I'd like to ask you, um, what's the most, you know, without, you know, obstructing the patient confidentiality that you have with, with some of your patients, what's the most common issue that you discuss with, with professional wrestlers throughout the time that you've uh, been treating them? Uh, childhood trauma. Uh, and it may be abuse or it may just be, you know, the normal junk that we all go through at times, uh, but where things in childhood are frightening, are difficult, uh, people who we want to trust or feel close to feel like they're turning on us. Uh, you know, if you look at the wrestling storylines, many of them are just that type of situation blown up and put into, you know, different characters and different masks. And whether I'm dealing with the fans or with the wrestlers themselves, when I talk about, you know, go back to childhood, does this remind you of anything? It usually hits a button. What do you think uh, is the biggest problem? And I know you're an expert also on wellness. Uh, what is the biggest problem uh, in the business today? Is it is it just the dealing with childhood traumas? Is it, you know, you hear about painkillers, you hear about uh, steroid abuse, uh, you know, in your opinion, uh, uh, what would be the biggest problem or issue in the business today? Well, well it, it all hooks together, of course. Um, you know, steroids certainly can be dangerous. They're probably not as dangerous as some people fear, but you add that in to illicit drugs, painkillers, and then you have a very dangerous mix. Um, but we're learning more and more that perhaps the greatest danger is head injury. Um, not only directly, but when you have repeated head injury, even if the person isn't knocked out, even if they're not unconscious, uh, even if it's just a chair shot that someone gets a two count for, uh, it's doing damage and it's then making you more susceptible to whether it be steroids or painkillers or alcohol or even prescribed medications. And it clouds judgment, it clouds impulsivity, and that's where a lot of people have gotten into tragic trouble. What are some of the, the the manifestations for for someone who you know nowadays? I mean, and we've noticed, and uh, from doctors uh, like you and, and other people that have advocated, and we've seen changes. And you know, in the WWE, they've outlawed uh, you know head-on chair shots. Um, right. What What are are you happy with some of the changes you've seen in the business? Yeah, I mean, I, I think avoiding the chair shots is certainly a good idea. Um, you know, I, I talk with a lot of veterans as well as the young guys and women coming up. And, of course, it's very hard to talk to a 25-year-old about the risk that this is going to cause you problems in 30 years. Uh, they don't want to hear it and they don't accept it. Uh, but I do see the, the symptoms that you see are subtle changes in memory, subtle changes in concentration, subtle changes in temperament. And uh, a lot of times people will sort of just ignore that 
or, you know, sometimes go to drugs or alcohol, which actually makes it worse to try to cover it up. Um, but it's those subtle changes that just grow and grow and grow, and then you never know when you're going to have, you know, that perfect storm of internal physiological, neurological problems, maybe a little bit of this drug, a little bit of that drug, prescribed or illegal, and things can go in a very bad direction. Yeah, what, what do you think is, is the biggest abuse uh, as far as the, the drug abuse out there? I'd say probably painkillers. Uh, you know, the Oxycontin, the Vicodin. Uh, you know, now that maybe steroids are used more frequently, uh, but I think in terms of the biggest problem are the, the painkillers. Do you, do you watch still today? Are you still a fan? Oh, yeah, 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 I still do. I mean, I'm on the road a lot, so, you know, I can't keep up all the time. Uh, but I still watch, and, you know, some of what's on now, it's hard to get into, and some of it I still mock out. <laughs> when you when you talk about that, like, and, and being an expert uh, or someone who is a, a big fan of uh, in-ring psychology, uh, do you think... Nowadays, we, we had uh, actually the NWA National Heavyweight Champion on uh, Damian Wayne on Sunday, and he yeah. was talking about in-ring psychology, and he learned from Tully Blanchard, and he was telling us how much that he thinks that in-ring psychology is, is missing in a lot of wrestling today. Do you, do you feel like, do you find yourself comparing, you know, years ago to now? Do you feel like it's missing? Uh, do you want to see a change? Just give me some of your thoughts on creatively what you're seeing uh, out of the business today compared to yesteryear? Yeah, I think it has changed and not necessarily for the better in that way. I mean, Tully was uh, obviously one of the masters, and we still have some people who are great. Uh, but I think the script writers who are making it more like a sitcom are missing the point at times. Uh, you know, and especially when you talk to the veterans, they took pride in basically telling their own stories in a match and not having to go by a script. Uh, and, you know, like a year or two ago, I went to a house show here in San Diego, WWE house show, and at the end of the show, everybody on the roster came out and did their finishing move on someone else. Now, it was great acrobatics. It was amazing talent, but there was no story to it, and it wasn't wrestling. You know, um, you know, I know you were just talking about Punk and Undertaker. You know, I thought one of the greatest uh, segments of one of our characters was when they had Punk really being on the edge where you didn't know what was a shoot and what was a work. Uh, I mean, that I think was intriguing at every level to both adults and to, you know, the kids. And I think, unfortunately, they've gone away from that now, and he's a little too much of just another character. Uh, whereas he's so talented in playing it off the cuff where you really don't know what's a work and what's a shoot. So in your opinion, what would be the answer? If you, if you, you know, I give you the power and you could change the, the wrestling business and, and kind of bring more <laughs> of that psychology back, what would you change? Well, um, you know, obviously it's a business and, you know, the, Business is there to make money, and I can't fault anyone for running a business like a business. Uh, you know, in terms of pure entertainment as an adult, I'd like to see more consistency in the storylines. You know, I sure, it's all fantasy. Sure, if you look at it from one point of view, it's silly or whatever, but I don't want to feel like a fool watching it. 
I want to get into it as escapism, just as I would James Bond, uh, but I don't want to feel put down by it. And I think there needs to be more consistency. Uh, you know, like if you look at Punk, look at the different characters he's played in the last couple of years. And this is someone with amazing talent, but he's gone from straight edge to sort of the cult to being a face. Now he's a heel. Uh, there isn't the carry-through that can really hook you in. You know, I mean, if you follow Bruno Sammartino, you follow Bruno Sammartino. You know, if you follow The Crusher or Roddy Piper or, uh, you know, any of those guys, uh, you knew who the character was. There's not that much consistency. And where there is consistency, sometimes it's too one-dimensional. You know, like I'd like to see someone like The Miz have a little more to his personality. You know, his, his working is, is getting much better. But he's too one-dimensional in my book. Um, so that's the direction I'd like to see it going. You know, one one last question before I let you go. And, and we talked to... Uh about uh, psychology in ring. We talked about psychology out of the ring, and we're talking to Dr. David Rice, an expert on wrestling psychology. I- I'm curious, because as a fan, as-, as we're fans here, and, you know, you've, you've really studied it, and-, and we've made a radio show out of it, and psychologically speaking, what is it? It's funny that when it comes to wrestling, it's either you love it, or you hate it, and and it's there's not really a middle ground with with fans out there. And wrestling fans are so protective of just being wrestling fans, and that's why WrestleMania weekend winds up being so much fun because it's all these wrestling fans converging on one spot and almost feeling like now we don't have to hide it. Um, right, right. Just just curious, like as a psychiatrist, like is is there something wrong with us? No, no, I, mean, I think it, it, you know, it, if you look at it, sure, there are some people who are in it for a sense of connection and family that, you know, may go to a side that's extreme or problematic, but it's a different sense of connection. You know, if you compare it to being a fan of, let's say, a, a football team or a baseball team, you know, if someone's traded, suddenly they're traded, they're on the other side, and you don't, other than the few very top, top stars, you don't know them as people. Uh, you just know them for what they do on the field. Now, with the wrestlers, now, sure, it's not necessarily their real persona, but you get a sense of a character. And it's a drama. It's not just a sport. It's a sport that has much more drama to it on a personal level. There's nothing wrong with that any more than there's nothing wrong with going to a movie and getting into a fantasy. Now, people who don't get that will say, oh, it's silly, oh, it's fake. Well, you know, the guys getting hurt surely aren't faking it. Uh, but that's not the point. So the point isn't that it's an athletic competition that Vegas is going to take odds on. The point is that it's a drama that involves you. Um, and that is different from other sports. Good. I feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Thank, thank you, you so know, much. It's closer, it's closer to Shakespeare at where when you look at old Shakespearean plays, the fans would yell out, you know, it was the, it, it, it was more like a wrestling crowd than we think of it these days. I, you know, and I couldn't agree with you more. Like I actually studied drama in, in college and I've always thought that there's, there's a Shakespearean uh, classic drama element to, to wrestling. That's really what drive, draws me into wrestling. So uh, it's awesome to yeah. hear you say that. Thank you for uh, spending a few minutes with us. Uh, if people want to follow you or uh, they want to hear you speak on uh, 
Where can we check? Where can fans check up on you if they want to see it? Uh, my tw- Twitter is uh, Trotdoc, T-R-O-T-D-O-C, and on Facebook, David Reese, R-E-I-S-S. Uh, my website is www.dmrdynamics. It's one word. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'd love to get you back on sometime in the future. Anytime. Thank you. Take care. Thank you, doctor. Interesting. So I feel so good about things now. See? See, Mom, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> I feel so much better now. There's a guy that has a there's a guy that has a plaque on his wall that says he's a doctor that says that we are cool that there's nothing wrong with us. So I feel like, you know, he's, he could probably make money. I I would bet he could probably make money if he just as a doctor charged like ten bucks and, and and just sent out like you know certificates that said it's okay to be a wrestling fan and signed it as a doctor. I, I bet wrestling fans would probably like buy it and frame it and put it on their wall. Doctor says I'm okay. But that was cool because I've actually, you know, and it's true. I mean, I studied drama. I've always been into drama. And I, I, I actually, I like Shakespeare. Um, I, I've always kind of drawn that comparison. So it's not, it's kind of cool hearing a doctor say that uh, he kind of draws a, a parallel there. So I'm not crazy. I feel good about things. It's awesome. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. we got a full bank of callers on there. So we're going to hit the phone lines right now. And we're going to start off as we usually do. Tony, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. What's going on, fellas? The blogger himself, our expert blogger. He blogs on Raw, SmackDown, Impact every week on thekenreadyshow.com. It's WrestleMania. It was the last Raw before WrestleMania. We talked a little bit about the punk taker. We had a, a psychiatrist on. Whatever you want to give us, Tony, let's bring it. Well, I'm, that was really that was a very informative interview, i got to say. That was really... Uh... You know, I don't know how you managed to get him on there, but that that was that was great. No, it was interesting. Some we we got him through like it was it was people who helped us get a uh, Kazarian actually knew it, it was a weird kind of connection. But uh, when it was presented to me, I, I just thought you know I've listened to other wrestling programs, I mean podcasts, radio shows, and and I'd never really talked to or heard anything like that. And I just thought you know that that'd be an interesting thing to to bring to the fans because. I mean, look, and, and we were talking about the, the CM Punk taker thing and how Raw ended. When, when wrestling's working, when, when it's on, when you're engaged, it's when the psychology is working. And, you know, look, I, I have all the respect in the world for all the guys that can give you, like, these crazy spots and, and 73 flips off the top rope. But it, it really it comes down to that psychology. And, and when they nail it, that's that's what engages me. That's what draws me in. When they miss the boat, that's when I kind of, you know, I'm I'm not as into it. And so I, I really thought for our fans it would be something, because we do have some pretty hardcore wrestling fans, I thought it would be cool to kind of have someone, an expert, talking about the psychology of, of wrestling. So you liked it. I did, yeah. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah, it was really, it was cool some interview. Let's, let's put it that way. Cool. But, so um, what did you last night? What? What did you think of Raw last night? I actually thought it was a um, solid show. I thought it was pretty good. You know, like, um, I probably heard at the beginning. Cena got, I don't know, he got booed like crazy. But I thought his, I thought his promo wasn't bad. Um, you know, his at the start, even uh, I didn't, you know, I thought Rock's promo was all right too. You know, if it's okay with that. Uh, the end of the show, you know, with um, CM Punk, you know, uh, pouring the ashes or whatever. You know, it's just like, I mean. 
the, the way it was done was good, but it's like, it's like I just I still feel I feel like you know it's like you know it's like they're using they're using Paul Bearer's passing in this as the center focus of the storyline. It's like I just find that to be really uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, that's my way of saying it. It, it is. <laughs> you're right because it's it's weird. It, I mean, I, to me, the whole thing is weird because I mean, Paul Bearer was so tied to death, you know, that whole character, and it just it, it was very. Uh, surreal the the whole thing i mean even the you know before they decide to use it just the idea that you know the undertaker the undertaker was going to come out to to pay respects to paul it just like the whole thing was just uh you know morbid and and, and you're right it's weird it's like you're, you're kind of again getting back to the psychology you're kind of engaged by it but at the same time you got you pull back and it's like but he's he's really dead like he a man really died and and it, it's it, it's it's tough, and I guess that's part of it because good drama makes you feel uneasy. So I guess that that's part of it. But it, it was, yeah, it, it it was an interesting segment. But it, and it, it's it's added some controversy to it. So I, can I interject for a moment? Of course you can. Yeah. All right. Oh, it's no different than let's say for instance you have a sitcom television show, a drama, or what have you, and the person who plays the character passes away for whatever reason, but then they still use that person's character as a part of the story or the story arc to facilitate that story, okay? I mean, we've seen, we've seen, show, we've seen television shows before where a character, where, where a guy has passed away, you know, in real life, and then they would use that as, ex, as an excuse to get the person off of television. They would come up with a way, or they might even use it to further something further down the line for the television series. Um, and it's, I mean, this has happened before in wrestling. Eddie, when Eddie Guerrero passed, they, they waited a while. They waited a few months, but they did, they did a storyline where his name and his likeness was used, you know, to, to catapult Rey Mysterio to the world championship. I mean, there was one point where I think Randy Orton referenced to Eddie Guerrero was in hell. You know, and and from what I've heard, Vicky Guerrero gave all signs pointing to it because she feels that Eddie would have wanted that, and that's the same thing that's taking place here with with uh, Paul Bear, you know, William Moody's children, Michael and Daniel. Um, however, as we as I spoke of earlier, that might not be the case after what took place with last night. Um, I think a lot of people really have a tendency to really kind of. If they can't find something that's wrong with the show as far as, like, the performance goes, then they're going to pick something else. I'm not saying that you guys are doing that in general because it's your own personal feelings that you feel uncomfortable watching it. But, I mean, I've, I've looked all over the Internet today, and I've heard nothing but, like, it's either you loved it or you absolutely hated it. And a lot of people hate a lot. There was one guy that even made a point that said the performance in the closing angle was genius, but if the guy didn't die... Then it, it would have been genius if the guy didn't die, but he passed away, and it's tasteless and classless and all this other stuff. And I think there are just people that are trying to to, to find something to pick at about last night's show, and, a, and particularly that segment, just to just just to just to complain about something like most critics out there do. You know what I mean? Well, they did pour ashes on someone. It was pretty intense. I mean, I know they. They've used deaths before in, in storylines, but that like that definitely pushed the envelope a bit. And again, I think with drama, if it makes you feel uneasy, uh, I you know I guess that's a good thing. But it it it, it definitely to push the envelope a bit. And and 
You know, I understand. You know, people who thought it was tasteless, I, I understand. I'm not saying I think it was, but I get it. I get it, and people have very personal feelings when it comes to death and, and dying. So uh, what I'm curious about is where the storyline would have went if, if he didn't die, if they would have planned something similar or they just sort of went purely streak versus respect or what they would have done. But, uh, uh, Tony, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on, on – I mean, you said it was a decent show. Um, do, you, do, do you have that WrestleMania feel? Are you feeling good about the show? Are, are you psyched? I mean, what, what are your thoughts uh, – coming out of the final Raw uh, going into WrestleMania? Actually, I thought they did a good job, you know, with the, with the final, with the final uh, build, you know, in the go-home go show last night. I thought they did a good job building up, you know, bring, building up everything. I mean, I think everyone who was on WrestleMania was on last night. But, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I, I thought they, you know, like I said, seen his promo, I thought it was, it was one of his better ones. I thought Rock, you know, I thought Rock was good, too. At least, we didn't have to, at least it wasn't story time with The Rock, like on SmackDown. I hated that one. I, I, uh, I wasn't crazy about that either. Yeah, uh, but I, th- I thought his promo on uh, you know last night was uh, was good. And even you know even Taker, you know, it's like you know the whole eviscerating thing. You know, I don't know what I don't know what they were getting out <laughs> with that, but you know, it's, it's just like you know. But you know him saying you know it's like you know beating him is you know it's not good enough now because you know he wants to make him you know suffer blah blah blah. I mean I I, mean, I thought that was a really well done promo. I mean even when they you know, like when they. The lights went out and the Druids came out. I figured, you know, it's like, okay, this is a good, this is a, this is a CM Punk plot here, and you know, it's like I knew, you know, I, I mean, I kind of had a feeling he was going to be underneath one of those hoods. But uh, yeah, and like I say, you know, even I, I said, you know, like Punk did a good job in in, in getting it over and getting the storyline over, and you know, being you know, like being this really despicable heel that you know that. Uh, um, so you know, like I say, if it was. Yeah, I just say you know it's like it's it's too bad it had to be at the, you know because of someone really dying. Yeah, I hear you, Tony. Thank you so much for the calling. It's the other callers. Remember, Tony is our expert blogger. Raw, SmackDown, Impact. Check us out at thekenreedyshow.com. dot com. Tony, we'll talk to you real soon. Uh, are we going to see you this weekend? Uh, where is this? What was that? Where's uh, your what? Is your uh, tailgate? Oh yeah, we're going to be tailgating in the stadium at uh, at WrestleMania. And you're going to be around it all this weekend. I don't know if I'll be over there, but I, so when is the show? When are you having the show the world this coming week? I don't, you know what? I think we're going to record it on Friday, but we'll post more information on the Facebook. So we'll let you know. But thanks so much for the call tone, and uh, we'll let you know because I think we're going to we might do Friday afternoon and then just replay it Sunday. Oh okay. All right, take it easy. And there, Tony, our expert blog. We're going to stick with the phones because we got Mr. Trivia on the line. Mr. Trivia, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, guys? Doing all right. How are you? What are your thoughts? Psychiatry, Monday Night Raw, WrestleMania, Punk, Death Angle. What do you think? Bring it. Well, the interview was very enlightening. I enjoyed it very much. Um, I think CM Punk is, like, really crossing the line now. And uh, I really think it's going to make for a major a major beatdown at WrestleMania, like you said, you know, or like Dave said, uh, I don't think CM Punk's going to beat the streak. It's going to be a good match. He's probably going to come close a couple times, but, you know, I think uh, I think he's really crossing the line with this urn. And uh, I'm looking forward to WrestleMania. I can't wait to see uh, what I consider the big four matches. 
which are Punk and Taker, Brock and Triple H, The Rock and Cena, and uh, Swagger Del Rio. I'm looking forward to those. The other ones are probably get up and get coffee matches. But <laughs> uh, hey, Dave and Ken, um, I'd like to get your opinion on something, especially especially Dave, because I know uh, well, I know both of you are like the biggest wrestling aficionados I've ever <laughs> known, but. Dave, wow. what is your opinion? Let me guess. You want, to ask your... If, you want to ask if John Cena is going to turn heel? No, I'm not going to ask that. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. Well, Dave, what are, your, what are some of your opinions on some of these wrestling websites? Because I got a email from uh, Powerbomb Pro Wrestling, and they sent me an email saying that there's a snag in negotiations between Triple H and Batista about Batista with a WWE return and money is an issue. Did you hear anything yeah. about a possible Batista return? I well, uh, from what I've heard, well, first of all, with the with the with the wrestling sites, you got to take it with a grain of salt. A lot of those sites, first of all, not all of them are their own sources. They will they will they will copy a story from somebody else. They'll give the credit, but not a lot of them are their own sources. As far as the Batista thing goes. Um, it's been knowledge, public knowledge that Batista in the past few years has been kind of off and on in talks with the WWE about making some part-time returns, kind of having like a Jericho kind of schedule because he's, he's been doing some movies and he's had other projects um, outside of wrestling. Um, it, it, even as recently, he was at the recent uh, NXT tapings in Orlando um, filming, uh, filming an interview for the upcoming Triple H DVD that's supposed to come out, I believe, in September. Um, so they could have spoken then. Um, I mean, as far as, like, snag and negotiations and, you know, money and this, that, and the other, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the truth, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's just complete false. I mean, I saw Powerbomb Pro Wrestling put that, that post up on Facebook. Um, so, I mean, it's possible. I think what, you know... What they're trying to do, what the WWE is trying to do, I mean, The Rock is not going to wrestle forever. Obviously, he will be a part of next year's WrestleMania. But if Batista's new movie does well, he's apparently going to be in some Marvel Comics movie that's supposed to come out in the summer of 2014. If that movie does well and his movie career takes off, I wouldn't be surprised if the WWE were to capitalize on that and negotiate to have him come in and do sporadic appearances and wrestle some big matches with guys like a John Cena or even a Brock Lesnar, or if he's even still around, the Undertaker, Triple H, guys like that. Big-time money matches for a guy of his stature. Um, so as of right now, I'm one of those, I've always been one of those firm believers, I'll believe it when I see it, when it happens in front of my eyes. I mean, last year I even reported that Batista was in town in Miami for WrestleMania, and he was spotted at the WWE Hotel. That was true. But that also led to other websites saying that he was in negotiations with them to appear at WrestleMania or even on Monday Night Raw the next night, possibly. And that turned out to be to, to be false. So with the websites, you got to take a grain of salt. You'll see a lot of sites that carry the same stories, um, but they're not their stories. They'll credit somebody else. So you just got to be careful with some of those. Um, but yeah, as far yeah, as okay. like I said, as far as Batista goes, I think it's. I think eventually we'll see him back. I just don't know when. Yeah, because I know because it said that. Look, uh, because uh, they also said that he wants to be paid. He wants to be paid well, but only on a part-time basis. 
Well, of course, everybody and wants get, to make the most money yeah, like to get for that little too. work. Oh, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, I would do the same thing, too, you know. I mean, you know Batista, Batista doesn't get enough credit for the, for, the, for the success that he helped with the WWE as well. I mean, that era was mainly John Cena, but Batista also helped, too. And Batista's got a, a, a big name worldwide, broad scale, and that's how he's gotten movie roles because of his WWE career. So I don't blame him for asking for more money. Right, and um, also, guys, I see um, we got this. Um, it seems like they're putting a pretty big, uh, pretty big emphasis on this Jericho Fandango match. Um, I'm really not too uh, excited about seeing that well, one. I, or I, I do think we, we talked one. we talked a bit about it on Sunday. I do think this is. Uh, a match that potentially could steal the show, uh, athletically speaking. I, I'm curious to see what we're going to get out of Fandango athletically. And we know Jericho can go. Uh, all right, Miss Trivia, thank you for the call. Sorry we got to cut you off because we have got to take another commercial All right, break. guys, talk to you later. We're going to take a break now, and we still have a couple of calls on hold. So after the break, we are sticking with the phones. Keep them coming, 347-838-9815. Going over short we need to get commercials that are for your show. Some way or another. I want to. Um, it's funny because like things weren't working, so I wasn't really hustling to try and get advertising. I can make commercials if you need me to, because I know how to do all that. Oh, really cool. If you need, if you have something. They can hear you over there. Whatever I talk to. You. I guess so. Well, now, in the commercial. And we're back. The Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Ken and Dave bringing you all the best in pro wrestling talk. In this last week before WrestleMania, we're going to go back out to the phones. because, You know, finally, and we do have the time. I think we got Ray Ray Mars on the line. Uh, Ray, are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. We did it. We got you on. All right. Now, now Ray's been calling, and, and Ray Ray, big... Uh, Independent wrestling star, uh, frequents the, the Body Slam Wrestling Organization as well as many other organizations. Has wrestled for the NWA on Fire and is is my broadcast partner on the NWA on Fire TV program. And uh, to test out your your journalistic skills, uh, you you want to give me an interview? That is correct. You can, I mean, you're my broadcast partner. I can't let you have all the fun. And. Uh, <laughs> This interview, keep in mind, this, this is an interview. It's going to be unlike any interview you have ever been a part of. 
And this is because I want to make sure there's at least one or two things that everybody remembers after they got done with this interview. That's what makes the Ray Ray Mars interview different from just any other standard interview. You need to get questions that I'm pretty sure you've never been asked in an interview setting before. And uh, that's the fun, that's, uh, the fun of it. So uh, now that uh, we finally got this, but we're going to finally get underway after the uh, Rock Cena-like hype that we've been uh, giving this all three weeks. Are you ready, sir? I, I am ready. You know, I, it's funny because I, I'd love to survey and see what, what hype has been better, the uh, the Ray interviewing Ken hype or the, uh, the Rock Cena hype. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well... All right, bring it, bring it. Let's do it. We're going to start off with a uh, series of test questions uh, just to warm warm both of us up a little bit, if that's okay. Uh, We'll start off first. What is your name? My name is is Ken Reedy. What is your quest? My quest? Your quest. My quest. Yes. Uh, My quest is for greatness. What is your favorite color? Blue. And did you get the reference for the aforementioned questions? There's a, there's a reference involved in there somewhere. I want to make sure you got it. I, I, I didn't, but I, I, my my intern here actually is, is he might have a. What do you got, Sean? Monty Python and the Holy Grail, sir. Yes. Correct. <laughs> and that's funny though, because I've never been yeah. a Monty Python fan, so you, you, I would have oh, never. Man. Just, for, just on that alone, you have failed the test question portion <laughs> of the interview. The interview is already memorable. Really? That's all it is. At least somebody in the office got the reference. We're going to move on with the uh, the real portion of the interview right now. Okay. We'll a couple of quick little questions here. All right. First, yeah. so here's one that we've all thought about. If you could have any sort of theme music accompany you into any room you walked into, what is what is Ken Reedy's theme music? Any theme music that would accompany me into... You walk into a room, you could have any music playing for you, like your theme music. I, I think, you know, offhand, the, the, the song that pops into my head is, is Cocky by Kid Rock. Oh, sounds good. What about you, Dave? I want to get your take also, because I always seem to forget to acknowledge your existence whenever I call in, so I want to include you uh, as much as I can with some of these. Awesome. Thank you very much, Ray. No problem. Talk about equal opportunity here. Uh, There you go, and so am I. Uh, So the theme theme music question for me? Yes. All right. Um, Well, if I get, I mean, you know, funny that Ken mentioned Kid Rock because you know I was I was listening to Kid Rock the other day on Pandora and they had that song so hot and it it reminds me of like you know like women and strippers so like if I walked into a room I want to walk in with like a few hot frauds and you know they have that song blaring <laughs> so I mean yeah that's I, I mean that's the first one that comes to mind I probably got plenty more I would like to walk into a room <laughs> but Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next one. Uh, I think this is going to be tailored to Ken because I was cruising the Ken Reed Show website. Uh, you're a theater guy, or you were a theater guy. I was. That's what I studied. Yes, I studied that in, in college. Uh, I was going to say you were. You, you were. Uh, so I assume you were in plays. I yes, I was. I was in plays as well as doing yeah. some tech stuff, but mostly performing. Gotcha. Well, fun, little known fact: Ray Mars was also a theater guy in high school. And my junior year of high school, I was saddled with uh, the role of Burt Jefferson, the man who came to dinner. Worst role in his 
history because it was the complete <laughs> opposite of Ray Ray Mars. He was bland, he was boring, he was he was forgettable. And the best I ever had, the best time I had with that role was ad living an entire scene, having was showing some personality. So my question for you is, what was the worst role you have ever gotten in a show? I'm not talking about like I was a tree in my fifth grade play. Like worst role that involves speaking you ever had in a show. Wow, worst role ever. Geez, I kind of enjoyed most of the shows I, I was I was in. I guess the the toughest role, and I, and I think the the character's name was was Johnny Johnny and Hatful of Rain, uh, only because I was the director of that, and my lead had a actor hissy fit and stormed off like a week and a half before we were supposed to open because he wasn't quote getting his character, so. Uh, I basically, I basically jumped in and said, we're not letting him uh, derail this. We've put in too much work. So I, I jumped in and played the part. And so, to, I mean, I was directing it and kind of knew the show, but I'd say I would, I, I, it's not like I didn't enjoy playing the role, but to throw it all together in a week and a half, I'd say that was probably the, the worst I've ever had. Gotcha. All righty. Next question. Greatest athlete of all time. Greatest athlete of all time? Yes. Yeah. Muhammad Ali. Dave, how about you? Um, Michael Jordan. Ah, so they're second and third on my list behind the correct answer, which is Ray Ray Mars, of course. But moving on, uh, what is the angriest you've ever been after a wrestling match? For me, it was watching Shawn Michaels lose to Triple H at the 04 Rumble in a last man standing match. I was convinced he was taking the belt. It was a huge Michaels mark growing up. And uh, that match just made me angry. What the angriest you've ever been after a it, match? It, it's funny because as you, as you get older, it's, I don't get as, as, as much of a visceral reaction. I do remember when I was young uh, and being a, a born and bred Hulkamaniac, when, uh, when Warrior beat him, I was, I was devastated. I mean, that was devastating for me. Uh, the funny thing is, I, I will say this, as far as being angry after a match, I was a big Bret Hart guy. And... Mm-hmm. I had to go and watch the Iron Man match with Shawn Michaels again because I hated the finish, and I was mad at the finish because, to me, I was like, all right, well, if it ends like that, it's a draw, and Brett gets to keep the title. And if you're going to restart the match, then put Shawn Michaels back in the sharpshooter and start it from there. So that was part of, like, I, I just – I actually was so – I actually got so worked up uh, with the end that it was it was only till later when I watched the match again that I really, really appreciated how great that match was. Gotcha. 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 Oh, as far as me, I mean, yeah, the ult it's funny you mentioned that Ken with the Ultimate Warrior because I cried when Hogan lost to the Warrior. I wasn't angry, I was really sad. I cried because I really felt that like there was an end coming that we were never gonna see Hulk Hogan again. But the angriest I've ever gotten necessary it wasn't necessarily a match, it was the contract signing between Hogan and Andre for the WrestleMania three rematch that was going to be on Saturday night's main event. Because wow, yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was a young kid and I wasn't necessarily mad that Andre beat him. I was mad that Hogan didn't wrestle in the Royal Rumble. I started throwing stuff in my grandparents' <laughs> living room. Like I, like I had my own one man Royal Rumble. My parents didn't know what to do with me. 
And why do you care about Hacksaw Jim Duggan winning the Royal Rumble or if you know the the you know whatever else was scheduled for that night? But I was more mad that that Hogan wasn't even wrestling. I was like, that's it. He's just coming out there to talk. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then like I I think I body slammed something. I don't know what it was, <laughs> but I, I was pretty ticked. All right, right. Yeah. We almost uh, we got a couple more calls we want to get on. Uh, got uh, maybe one more. Great, unless you're done. Yeah, 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 one more. All right. Quickie little question for both of you guys. The end. This is how I end all my interviews. The question from left field. If you were a noodle, would you rather be thrown into soup or pasta sauce? <laughs> you are. You know. You, you got us beat as far as. Uh, your journalistic integrity. I'm impressed with these questions. I'm gonna like my next interview. I got to think a little more outside the box. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna like I'll, I'll jump into the sauce. I'm jumping into the tomato sauce. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And there's yeah, one I, thing I, that I would have to agree with the yeah. If I guess I was a noodle, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna that, you know, go in the pasta sauce too. Nice. Um, that's uh, there's one thing I hope people remember from this interview is that both of you guys chose pasta sauce over soup. We can only help that we're that's what we're remembered for. Thanks a lot for the phone call, Ray. No problem. Thank that's you for uh, thank you for the interview and giving me a chance to display my journalistic uh, <laughs> integrity and whatnot in my broadcasting shops. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon, Ray. Definitely one of the more interesting interviews that's been on the show, Dave. Uh, yeah, so we're jumping into sauce and yeah, that's, that's 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 bucket list material for me. I'm, I'm, I, when I when I go, I can scratch off. I've been a pasta noodle and I've been asked to be a pasta noodle in some pasta sauce. Yeah. It's just like you know, years and years and years from now on the deathbed. And what was your greatest achievement? I was interviewed by Ray Ray Mars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good stuff. Definitely out of the box. That was fun. Good times. We're going to keep yeah. the call going because we got Mike Ferrara on the line. Mike, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, guys. Bring it. What do you got for us this week? All right, well, t- well, first of all, definitely very memorable with Ray Ray Mars. <laughs> um, by the way, Ray Ray Mars doesn't obviously know his wrestling history because Triple H, I mean, because Shawn Michaels didn't lose the match with Triple H at the Royal Rumble in 04. The match ended in a tie. Therefore, yes, the belt went to um, Triple H. Thanks for that clarification. Yeah, <laughs> because I kicked Ray Ray Mars in the teeth just a second ago. But I, I, I like Ray. I, I like. I, I happen to really like Ray, and I'm and I'm so glad he put himself up with the Rock and Cena, and uh, the interview with you. I mean, you're a nice guy, Ken, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's as far as it goes. But I am going to, wow. and, and you know, you know I, I'm just going to say that's as far as it goes about Ray Ray Mars. But when wow. it comes to you and, and, and Dave, you know this, I like you both and respect you. But I will say this. You got an intern there. Want to give him a nickname. How about, how about this? How about this for a good nickname? Sean, don't call me Meet the Intern. Sean, don't call you what? Sean, <laughs> don't call me Meet? Yeah, like that bum, Sean Stasiak, the Meat. Remember him? Oh, Meat, Meat, yes, I did. Yeah, the God. bum. That went out there and, and that's that's out Sean, what do you think? I, I would not want to ever be associated <laughs> with Sean Stasiak. I, I, yeah, well, that's, what I, well, that's what I figured. Nobody, nobody, nobody else either. But although he did have a, he did give it the old college try. He wasn't like his old man, but you know what? Hey, what can we do? Um, coming up to WrestleMania, guys, and this this hurts me. The Intercontinental Champions has been such a big part in 
in the World Wrestling Federation and World Entertainment history in the in WrestleManias. Um, matter of fact, today is the anniversary of when Ravisher Rick Rude stole the belt with Bobby Heenan's help from the Ultimate Warrior. My yeah. Question, right. That was that was great. That was that was my WrestleMania. That was one of the best WrestleMania moments when Bobby Heenan had to come out for a, ma- a popcorn match after, and he got and he got beat up by the Ultimate Warrior. My question is, guys, what do you think about the Intercontinental Champion being in a pregame show? That is an excellent question, and, and uh, I, it bothers me. And it bothers, you know, I mean, part of what... I, I mean, I thought they were doing a good job of building up the secondary titles, and now it seems like they're, they're burying them again. And that's, you know... Cesaro doesn't even have a match. Yeah, I, I, that's, and uh, Sean just said, you know, and we know Cesaro doesn't even yeah, have a match. Yeah, Cesaro doesn't even have a match. Like, uh, what is that? He's one, he was one of the better guys in the indie scene for a while, and now he's not even on the card for me. Oh. Yeah, I mean, both those those uh, titles, you know, it's a shame, because I always loved the IC title. Uh, and to be honest, and I've always been, everyone who listens to the show knows I've, I've been pretty critical of Miz uh, 90% of the time I talk about him. However, no, really? I think this is a good spot for Miz. I think Miz is a mid-carder going after the IC title. I'm I'm cool with that. I think that's... Yeah, but on the pregame show? That I don't like. I think that title deserves to be at WrestleMania. Your thoughts, Dave? I, I totally agree. I mean, I like the Wade Barrett character. I thought, to be honest with you, he was going to have a higher role in the card. I would have liked to have seen him wrestle Chris Jericho, to be honest with you. But we could talk about that on another day. Um, the Intercontinental Championship, like Mike said, has had a prestigious history being on WrestleMania, of course. Probably the greatest Intercontinental Championship match of all time would be the Ricky Steamboat-Randy Savage from WrestleMania three. Um, if not arguably the greatest match of all time. But that's another discussion for another day as well. Um, I mean, you can look at it like, yeah, it sucks that the Intercontinental Championship's going to be on the pregame show, but at the same time, it also gives you that good kind of pressure as a performer to really set the tempo for being the first match out of the shoot for WrestleMania. And if it's a title match, people could go home and say, you know what, that whole WrestleMania card sucked, but that pre-show match was pretty badass with Wade Barrett and The Miz. And it, it's 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 just as, if, in my opinion, it's just as important as the show-closing match. It, so, granted, it's not going to be on the pay-per-view portion. It will be on YouTube. It will be an extra on the DVD when it comes out in a few months. But they're going to get a WrestleMania payday. So, Oh, yeah, of course they're going to get a payday. But it's the fan, the, the fan like me, who would miss out. Um, but that's that's just one of my my thoughts. The other thing is I love the Undertaker punk angle. Um, you really you, have, you know what? Not for nothing, Paul Bearer's death. You have to use it because what else would they say? You know everything's been done about the streak and Shawn Michaels and the smile and the smile and the smile and all this. <laughs> and and by the way, not for nothing. What's up with Shawn Michaels coming out? Of, he looks like he came right out of a Cabela magazine last night. Mm. Shawn Michaels promotes himself. Every time Shawn Michaels comes back, he comes either with the Jesus shirt, which which is nothing wrong with that, or or he comes out with hunting gear. It's kind of it's kind of ironic and um and funny. Yeah, it's very. It's either religious or killing animals. What's up? It, his his shtick is either I'm being very religious or I'm killing animals. If you go on the Facebook page right now, folks, you can hear Mike. You can listen, see Mike Ferrara's fashion tips on the Facebook page. Check it out: yeah, facebook.com/slash/TheKenReedyShow. Yeah. 
Oh, thank you. I didn't know I was. I didn't know I was being being quite fashionable. Hey, one more note, guys. I just want to let you know, Dave. Um, in your little thing where we can see all the events, um, it's actually April fifth. It's a Friday night. It's that's going to be um, PWS. Um, is going to have their night too. I know. Well, you know, right? I could have sworn because I could have sworn uh, that you you said it was on Saturday night. No, I I. I I'm pretty sure I said Friday night, but then again, I was wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> Who knows? Thank you for performing. Just trying to help you out, you're here to do that. Hi, Michael. Yeah, we're short on time. We want to get I'm gonna, but you know, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be there Friday night, uh, April 5th. I will not be at WrestleMania, but I, I look forward to um, talking to you guys this week, and I look forward to talking to you guys Monday, uh, Sunday night. I'll talk right, to thanks you soon. Lot, Mike. Thanks for the call. Talk to you soon. And last, we're going to have one good call. we got like two minutes left, so quick. Jonathan, this is you. Bring it. Paul, are you there? Going once, caller. All right, we're going to have to let you go because we were running short on time. Sorry about that. I know you were on hold for a while. Uh, give us a call back. Uh, we have run to the end of our show. Again, looks like we're going to record our show on Friday, but check out the Facebook to... Uh, See when exactly we're going to be doing our show, and then we're going to replay that on Sunday before WrestleMania. Got to thank intern Sean for getting this boat up and running. Thank you so much, and keep coming. Go to Facebook. Give us some ideas for his nickname, and special thanks to Dr. David Reese for giving us a few minutes. Great show, as always. This is it. It looks like we are going in the right direction now here on Ironbound, so be sure to check us out next week right here from 6 to 7.30 for Dave, I am Ken Reedy. Thank you all for tuning in. The best in pro wrestling talk. Good night, everybody.